Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. This is Henry Lopez and David Begin is with us here as well today. The episode that follows is an episode that we recorded previously for our other podcast, The How of Business, and it's on the topic of delegation. We thought this would be a great episode to bring over for our listeners here at The How of Car Washing because it all applies. In fact, in this episode, David and I talk about how it applies in this car wash business. But this concept of delegation, David, is a big one and something that you've worked on very hard to apply in your management of your two washes, right? Yeah, I've made every mistake in the book when it comes to delegation. <laughs> and, and you do that, you, it's a natural as a small business owner to want to take everything on because typically you are better at it than most of the other people that you've hired. But if you want to have a happy life, if you want to grow, if you want to do the things you're really good at, you've got to figure out how to delegate. Yeah. So to be clear, both David and I have always struggled with this. And in my experience with all business owners, I deal with car wash operators, managers, other industries, especially when you first start. I mean, you're, you're the one putting everything on the line, right? So of course, you're going to be there making every decision. It's just that once you've got things established and to your point, if you're going to grow, you have to delegate. You have no choice. You only have yeah. so many hours. And in fact, you start to hit diminishing returns if you try to make every decision, right? Right, right. And we talk about the 80% rules, the fact that you've got to make sure that things, things don't need to be perfect, they need to be good enough. And so you've got to define in your mind what good enough is, and be satisfied with good enough, because people aren't going to probably do it at the same level that you do. But on the converse, you can't do it all. Yeah, such huge takeaways. So the episode that follows is on delegation. David and I discuss this topic. We talk about our challenges with it. We give you some tips and advice and a tool. David developed a delegation worksheet that's a great tool to help you get started with delegating. So look for that on the show notes page to this episode at thehowofcarwashing.com. So here is our episode on delegation. A lot of information out there on delegation, but this is something as a business owner I'm getting better at. So I wanted to talk about it and have uh, Henry help me with it. So we're going to just talk about some of the uh, capabilities of delegation, what you have to think about when you delegate, and what are some effective processes you can create for delegation to your staff. Excellent. And that, uh, you, you mentioned me being out of town. And that's one of the times when, of course, as a business owner, you have to delegate. But let me start it with this question, David. What, why is it that business owners are often reluctant to delegate? I think it's, you know, if you're going to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, you sort of have this mindset that I can do it myself. I'm a pioneer. I'm a person that uh, can go out and pull up my own bootstraps. And I think it's not our personality. I think if you go from the corporate world into small business like you and I did, or if you start off in small business, uh, you you think you can do it yourself. So one of the big issues is it's just, it's difficult. It's not our DNA to delegate necessarily. No. The other big issue is we think we can do it better than everybody that's else. Right. I, I think that's that's one of the, the biggest issues is we can do it. We think we can do it better than any, someone else. And the, the big problem with that is we can do it better than <laughs> most other people's. We're the people that have the vision. We've got, we understand what we want. We understand what the results need to look like. And so 
one of the common problems we run into in delegation is like, well, you know what? I'll just do it myself. Yeah. I'll just do it myself. You touch on a, on a great point there. That it's, we, we can do it better. We, we are more creative typically. We are more resourceful typically. We, we, that's why we started the business. That's why we're entrepreneurs. But that, but that trap is such a hard one. And you've helped me with this because I tend to be a perfectionist. And you've talked about that many times, about that 80% rule. You want to speak to that for a moment? Yeah, that's that's a big concept that we've learned about in the last couple of years. I do Strategic Coach, which is an entrepreneur training program. Dan Sullivan uh, is just a genius when it comes to that. And he's he helps entrepreneurs that are growing and successful how to be better entrepreneurs, how to exponentially grow their business. He has what's called the 80% rule, where you want to be able to get a particular task or event or process to 80%. And once you get it to 80%, then you might turn it over to someone else and let them put their 80% on it. So if there's 20% left to be done on a project and you take 80% of that, that will get you to, is it 96%? Is, that, is my math correct so. on that, Henry? Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, you're, but you're asking the wrong guy on math. <laughs> okay, okay. But this whole idea of being a perfectionist is, can really be damaging. Now, if you're if you're a brain surgeon, a heart surgeon, you want that person to have that perfectionist attitude, obviously. But most things that we do is not brain surgery or heart surgery. So right. kind of getting to the idea of things being good enough. One of the other issues I think why people don't delegate is they feel like this particular task is too important and uh, mistakes can be costly. Mm-hmm. So you do have to weigh that out, but most things that we do in business, uh, we uh, it's not like that. Yeah. The, the third thing I think that people struggle with is the effort to delegate something uh, isn't worth the time that you have to put in. So to delegate correctly does take time, energy, and effort, and it takes a process. And if you're like me, where you know you can I can get distracted at the drop of a coin. It can it can be challenging for me to take time and focus on transferring a process or a task to someone and doing doing it effectively. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's a huge point, and you're going to get into a little bit more detail on this uh, in, later in this podcast. But that's such a big part of it. I've struggled with that myself. It you feel like, gosh, it's going to take me an hour to explain this, and I don't have the energy, I don't have the time. I'll just do it myself. It, right. You really have to get over that, uh, and I have to struggle with that on a consistent basis. But time and again, once I do it, I realize, wow, thank goodness I got that off my plate. But it's it's right. not easy. We're not saying it's easy. And I'm a perfectionist. You're a perfectionist. So letting go, a lot of it is ego, I have to say as well. Letting go is hard sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. And and it's 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 a natural tendency. And even managers that I hire – it can be frustrating for them to delegate. Yeah. So it's, 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 a, it's a cascading process you've got to go through in your business. So let me ask you this question. Why uh, does a business owner need to delegate? Well, if you're going to grow, if, if you're a single proprietor, if you have a, a business where you're performing a service, for example, you might, might not need to delegate. But if you want to grow, if you want to... Um, if you want some time off, for example, if you want to not worry about every little thing that's going on in your business, I think it's it's increasingly important for you to learn to delegate. Uh, first of all, I think you got to take an attitude that you can't do it all. Uh, you can't do it all and you should not do it all. I think sometimes it's dangerous for business owners to think they can be the bookkeeper. They can be the person that's on Facebook doing all the marketing and Yelp. 
they can be performing the services. They can be doing the billing. They can be doing, uh, you know, whatever else. Obviously, it's got to be done. Uh, you can't do it all, and, and really you shouldn't do it all because you will end, end up burning yourself out. And we we know a lot of business owners that have just gotten completely tired of running their business and close the doors and go home because they just they ended up practically killing themselves. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me uh, share a quote from John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a internationally recognized leadership uh, expert and speaker and author. And the quote is, if you want to do a few small things right, do them yourself. If you want to do great things and make a big impact, learn to delegate. Uh, so, right. so it's critical, but it's hard. You have to look at it, I think, as an investment, David. Not just an investment in your time, but sometimes a financial investment. Is it worth it for me to hire an assistant? Is it worth it for me to look at a virtual assistant, which has become very uh, accessible now and affordable? But looking at it as an investment is a different perspective and one way to look at this. Right, right. And I, I totally agree with that. And, and it's an investment in your time. It's an investment sometimes in money. Uh, but I think the payoff's going to be be worthwhile. Even if you're a single, I, I'm in my mind right now. I'm thinking of my my accountant. Uh, that that individual, my, my accountant, could have just opened up an office, had a single practice, had a, had an individual. He could have done it all himself, and he might have had thirty clients. But by hiring other accountants, by hiring a uh, staff person to kind of answer the phones and make the appointments. Uh, He's growing his business, and he's doing the things that he likes to do and working with the clients that he especially sees as strategic, and he's allowing other people to um, enjoy success and do the things that they like to do. So the thing about delegation I think most of us don't think about as a small business owner is truly a win-win situation because our employees really want the responsibility, and they want to have an active, integral part of the business. They want responsibility. They want, uh, they want to see what they're doing does have direct results in the success of the business. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a real win-win situation. If you do have employees and you're not delegating, then you're missing a huge opportunity. And your employees will not be as happy as they could be. Is, is, and I've learned that. And that's, that's been a big problem for me, Henry, in the last uh, five or ten years as I'm really starting to now delegate and I'm starting getting my managers a formal process to get them to delegate some of their tasks and responsibilities and strength in, instead of trying to keep it all, you know, with one or two people. Yeah. And I, th- I think we're starting to see some good results from yeah, that. Yes, fantastic. The other thing that you get from it that is, is that can be a delight or a surprise it's, it's amazing how you'll get great ideas from these people to whom you delegate things. You might have thought it was a rudimentary thing or you thought about it all, but in delegating it, that person comes up with a great new way to do it or a different right. way to do it. So you're also leveraging that that power of other minds that you trust to some level. Otherwise, you wouldn't have hired them or you wouldn't have engaged them. And so you benefit from that as well. They are going to have a different approach to it, a different spin on it, a different outlook on it, a different perspective on it. Right, right. And and that's that's why you have them. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you, you know, five minds are better than one, ten minds are better than one. And uh, if you ever want to take take time off, if you ever want to relieve some of the stress you have as a business owner, you've got to learn to delegate. If you want to grow your business, which I think most 
entrepreneurs would like to grow their business, delegation is an essential skill for that. So here's something I'm challenged with, and that is what types of tasks should be delegated? Yeah, and you have to you have to really spend some time in thinking about that. But I think, you know, in visiting a little bit and learning more about this and seeing what other companies do, I would say there's probably three types of tasks you should delegate. I think the first thing you have to look at is start tracking your activities and track the activities that you really like to do and track the activities that you don't like to do. And I think one candidate for delegation is start learning to delegate the activities that you don't like to do. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you've taken the risk. You've put yourself in a position where you want to start developing some freedoms. And uh, one of the th- nice things about being a business owner is you should be able to delegate things that you don't like to do and find somebody who likes to do those things. So the first one is delegate the task you don't like to do. The second one I would say is delegate the task that you're not good at. So you either don't do well or that you don't have expertise in. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things like that. And and you and I go back and forth on this, Henry, because I know uh, we discussed a while back uh, not making excuses for things that you're not good at. Right, exactly. And also, for example, I'm not good at financials. Does that mean I delegate completely managing my financials? I have to hold on to some of that, right? I still need to know what my cash flow position is. So I want your thoughts on that because I'm not sure that I want to delegate all of that. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I think, you know, I I go back and forth on this, and I'm not exact because I know – the more I learn, the more I study, the more I ring books like Straight Finders 2.0, they're very big proponents about not doing what, what, uh, what you're good at. And uh, Dan Sullivan had a great saying that I heard a couple weeks ago that if you work on your weaknesses uh, long enough, you're going to have the world's strongest weaknesses, which is kind of counterintuitive to what, what you and I are talking about as far as you still have to be able to keep – keep hold of some things. And uh, there's some things we're going to have to do that we're not good at. Uh, and that might be, we have to take a look at those tasks, which gets in my third point of, you know, make sure that you think about tasks that don't move your business forward or don't, uh, are not strategic in nature. So looking at your financial statements, looking at your bank accounts, looking at your online checks, for example, we'll talk about that in a different podcast as far as how do you develop good financial controls. But those are things I think a business owner has to do. I think they can't delegate those functions. You can't delegate everything to a bookkeeper because then you've lost your financial controls. But David, so is is the point then that I delegate the task of having a bookkeeper, the, the, the details of it, the how to create a journal, how to balance, how to reconcile, but I don't surrender the responsibility of knowing what my financial position is? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So I think there is a balance there where you have to decide what's strategic in nature and what are things that can be done by other people very effectively. So, yeah, I think a bookkeeper is a great example of all these different components that we're thinking about when it comes to delegation. You find somebody who likes to be a bookkeeper. You find somebody who's good at it. You find somebody who's very detail-oriented and accurate in how they perform. Uh, somebody that can set up the right systems and processes to make sure invoices can get paid and payroll gets done and things get filed correctly. Uh, but you still are responsible for making sure that the cash controls, the financial controls, the check controls are in place. Yeah. And the other point I'll make to the point about tasks that you don't like to do, 
that that one's easy for me. The one that's hard is there are some things that I like to do that don't necessarily move the business forward or add any value. For example, I love I love creating <laughs> graphics. I can spend you know five hours a night oh. creating graphics. I love it because it's a creative process. Yeah. But at the end yeah. of it, I stop and I say, hmm, how much have I moved the business forward that I created these beautiful graphics? Now, you have to have some of that, right? Because you, you have to enjoy some things and, and have that creative outlet. But that's where it's a struggle for me also is being honest with myself about where am I really adding, adding value here? Am I moving the business forward? If it's not, and if it's not something critical, again, it's to the point of I'm not necessarily relinquishing responsibility. I cannot take the excuse to say, oh, I'm not good at financials, therefore I have no idea where we are from a cash position. No, right. that's not what we're saying. But delegating the aspects of it, the tasks of it, the details of it, the creation of it, the reconciliation of it, those things can be delegated so that I am more and more focused in my zone on the things I do well. And that's at the end of the day when we know. When we know at the end of the day, boy, I really did some great things today to move my business forward, to move this opportunity forward, to get closer to a close or to developing a new product or a new idea. Those are the things we should be concentrating on. Right, right. You know, and I I look at when you do those things, because sometimes I'm like, why is Henry doing those things? But I think for you, it's playtime. To be honest, I think that's your creativity, that's your art, and I think you need to do those things. Now, you don't have to do them, but I think for your personal growth and satisfaction, I think you need to do some of those things. So you got to got to take that in consideration. That's right. As well. my, my passion is to create. Then we'll talk about that in detail in another podcast. So I have I'm challenged with that and the earlier point of perfectionism. Those two things make it hard for a person like me to delegate effectively. I have had to learn how to do this and I do very well in some areas and I fail miserably in others. In in a business that I just sold last year, I was able to very effectively, but it took me a while, it took me a couple of years to instill my systems, to put the procedures in place, to document things, to set that culture and that tone. And then I was able to delegate it to two people that I trusted very well to run the day-to-day operations. And there was a tremendous sense of satisfaction. And it was a challenge because I, I, I'm a micromanager if I allow myself to be. It was a sense of satisfaction to say, wow, I've been able to do that. And guess what it did? It freed me up to be able to do other things that I want to do, other things that yeah. I want to create. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on micromanagement because you and I are probably experts in micromanagement <laughs> and we, we've had to step back from that, but uh, there's been a tremendous amount of freedom for me emotionally, time-wise, stepping back and letting people, you know, do what they need to do. So, but, and I, you know, micromanagement is, some people see it as a virtue, but in many cases, it's not. In many cases, it's just driving your employees insane. This episode of The How a Car Washing is sponsored by High Performance Wash Systems. High Performance Wash Systems is the largest car wash distributor and supplier in the Rocky Mountain region, specializing in providing car wash equipment and supplies. Serving the industry for over 50 years, they are a full-service provider assisting you with site selection, financial forecasting, obtaining financing, architect and general contractor selection, equipment recommendations, and follow-on support. From start to finish, they assist owners with building and maintaining their car washes. Visit hpws.com for more information. 
So we've talked about uh, why we're reluctant to delegate. We touched on uh, why business owners need to delegate. And then we've touched on here at the last point, the types of things that you should delegate and how to look at it. So Dave, what I'd like you to talk to you now is the how. Uh, how, how do you uh, give us some tips, ideas, techniques on how to delegate? Okay, so if you've not been delegating in the past and you want to start this process, I would say just start identifying some tasks that uh, fall under those categories that we talked about earlier. Things you don't like to do, things you're not good at, and things that don't move the business forward in a strategic way. So identify those Pick one or two, so don't get crazy with this. Just kind of pick one or two and identify somebody on your staff or somebody outside the organization that can actually perform these tasks. So we're going to have a whole podcast on uh, how you start using virtual teams in your business. That's becoming such a big wave in small business today is you know using virtual teams and using expertise outside the organization to come in. So decide if that person's inside the organization or decide if you're going to go outside the organization for that type of help. Uh, and then what I would also recommend is, you know, create a delegation worksheet. I think one of the big issues that we run into in delegation is miscommunication. You will not be effective in delegating to people if you're not an effective communicator. And the best way to communicate the most consistent way to communicate is write it down. So use our delegation worksheet. We'll have one on our website you'll be able to download. But just to give you some ideas, uh, in my business, we've got my site managers to, to now uh, delegate the measurement and analysis of chemical usage. So uh, you're going to name it. So this is the chemical anal weekly chemical worksheet or report. Uh, you're going to say why it's important to our organization. So... Uh, the reason why we measure this effectively is because there's a lot of cost to it. And for us to effectively manage our costs, we have to look at this information weekly. Um, what the task is. So in this particular case, somebody goes down and actually measures usage as cars go through the tunnel. Uh, so we can we have the capability now to measure how many milliliters of chemical goes out uh, to the tunnel each time a car goes through. So what's the work that's got to be done? So explain them specifically what the work's got to be done. What the frequency and output is. So we're going to want this done weekly, and the output's going to be a report, and it gets delivered to the site manager, which then gets delivered to me. Um, and then the next step would be what training is required. So making sure that they've got a good understanding of the the tools and the capabilities and skills that are necessary. So does this person have good Excel skills? Do they have uh, good reporting skills? Do they have the right documents to write information down on? So what training is required for them to do this? Uh, show them an example of what the end result looks like. So in this case, here's an example of a chemical report. Here's the information that's on it. Here's what the output looks like. And then when do we plan to start this? So we're going to start it next week, and I'm going to work with you for the first time. So a delegation worksheet is very important. I think it uh, creates good, consistent communications, and it takes out any misunderstandings that might take place on that. So the other thing I would say, now you've got to dedicate some time. So going back to what you said, Henry, you've got to dedicate some time for training. Look at this training as an investment. This is an investment in both your employee and empowering your employee and giving them some extra skills and responsibilities, but it's also an investment for you. So if you can invest a couple hours in this individual and teach them how to do this particular task and that frees you up, that's an exponential 
investment that you're making. Yeah, that's fantastic. And this, this worksheet is an example of systems. We we talk a lot about, a lot about systems, and people sometimes think so that's a big, complicated thing. But but a worksheet like this is about making this a repeatable, scalable process. It's about inculcating this and in how you operate. And this is an example of a system that makes this repeatable, that makes delegating that much easier. Yes, it sounds like it's a lot of effort, but but you have to do that, especially and particularly for the larger projects or tasks, so that it gets done right, so that you actually get the benefit out of delegating. Right, right. So the next thing I would do is I'd mark it on the calendar. So this Monday, we're going to start this process. So you're going to be involved in it. On Friday, I'd remind the employee, hey, remember on Monday, we're going to start transitioning the chemical report to you. So remind them because they'll they'll forget it's not in their routine or their habits. So you're going to have to remind them to do it. And then I would say follow up pretty quickly with them either on Tuesday or Wednesday after the task has been completed. So, hey, how'd the chemical reporting go? Sit down with them, review the report, uh, find out what worked and what didn't work. What were some of the challenges you had in conducting this particular task? What were you able to do well? What do you need additional training on? Uh, what and you're going to find out at that point, hey, there might have been some miscommunication. And that's why, again, you want to write it down. But what what did I miscommunicate to you? What did what was your understanding uh, you know, figure out what what uh, changes need to be made, and uh, tell them you're excited about seeing what it's going to look like uh, during the next next event. Excellent. So our listeners can download this worksheet for free off of our website. Uh, Dave, can you can you summarize with the, some do's and don'ts on delegation? Yeah, and this is from my personal experience. So you got to let them fail. So let them fail at this. They're not going to be. Uh, they might not do it perfectly. Uh, let them fail. Give them the room and the, the the permission not to do it correctly the first time. So I think people learn by doing. Uh, most people learn by doing. And if they don't do it correctly, then um, that's okay. Just uh, let them understand what they did wrong and what they need to do differently in the future. So don't be afraid to let them fail. Uh, the second thing I think would be is explain to them, be very specific on what success looks like. So a successful delegation will look like this. Here's what the document looks like. Here's where you're going to put it. And here's what you're going to check up on. So give them an idea of what success looks like so that they've got a vision of what they need to do to be successful. And again, that gets back to the problem and the barriers we run into with miscommunication. Uh, make sure you follow up. If you don't follow up with the employee, chances are it's not going to get done. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be relentless about this when you delegate and you've got to set the process in place. It doesn't happen in one week. It'll happen over multiple weeks. So make sure you're relentless about following up that they're doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One, one thing I'd like to add here, it, sometimes you delegate things uh, less formally, and that's good as well. For example, I recently delegated to one of our admins uh, some creation of graphics task for which we don't have any documentation on. So what I ask her to do is, as you're learning this, I want you to document it so that now subsequent uh, for the next person that you might delegate this to, that it's documented. And it also helps for that person to kind of take a sense of ownership that, well, we're creating this together. He's not just telling me to go do this, but he's empowering me to create the process and how we're going to do this. And that, that's another way to do this if you don't do – the worksheet might be great to, to start it, but then part of the task of delegating is sometimes, depending on if it's a repetitive task – 
to have them document that. It yeah. makes them feel better about now learning this. It validates that they understand what they should be doing on a regular basis. So that's a, a technique for something that's repetitive that you're delegating that someone has to do on a weekly basis, like reconciling, for example, something that's done periodically, but that you might need to refer to a document. How do, how do I do that again? So empower them with creating the documentation, with creating the system that they're going to use. Yeah, and not every employee can do no, that. I, yeah, you right. know, one of the challenges I've ran into is asking people to document, and they just you're right. Don't you're do right. It, it, you're, that's a great point, Dave, because sometimes that could paralyze someone because that yeah. is not a strength, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know how to do that." So you do have to be careful who you delegate that to. So how about some right. don'ts? What, what to avoid? You know, uh, what I would avoid is um, your perfectionist attitude. So. <laughs> Uh, don't don't expect perfection. Don't expect it to be perfect. Don't expect quality at first. So come up with you in your mind what you consider to be good enough. And that's that, it's very hard to do. But once you do it, there's more freedom. There's more emotional freedom in that than you can imagine. So define what good enough is and make that your uh, make that your personal standard. Don't make that the standard for the task, but make it your personal standard. And I think when you do that, you're going to eliminate a lot of the frustration you're going to have. Make sure you also let go of the task. Do not take that task back. Once you give it to somebody, the 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 nail in the coffin will be for you to take it back and say, oh, you know what, I'll just do it myself. That'll be destructive for your employee because your employee will feel like they were not worthy and they, they failed at that task. Um, that message will get across to other employees and you will not be able to, you know, everybody will be afraid of taking responsibility because they'll have that feeling like, man, if I try this, then uh, then I, if I'm not successful, I'm going to get it taken away. So yeah. once once you delegate it, delegate it for good. Delegate it for good. The other thing, David, I had to learn this uh, the hard way is also don't don't second guess or critique certain things that are not necessary. In other words, there are tasks you're going to delegate. Remember that a lot of these tasks, if not the majority, are things that don't have to be done necessarily to your standard, that that are not critical to moving the business forward. So if I then go back and say, well, you know what, I, I might have done it this way. I might have put the period over here, or I might have put the logo over here, or I might have put stack the papers this way. In other words, that critique that is not necessary is is really negative and and takes away a lot of power. So I think yeah. that ties to taking it back. In other words, it's it's done. They did it well. They did it differently, maybe than you would have done it. But that's okay. And so let go of that. Let go of that right. micromanagement. That everything has to be done your way. Allow that person that you've delegated to their creativity, their unique approach to solving a problem. Right. And I think that was my biggest challenge. I don't know if it was yours, Henry, but coming from a corporate world and the type of job that we did in enterprise software, we sort of worked independently. So we were we were kind of our own bosses, our own managers. We worked with teams of virtual teams of people. And so we didn't nearly have employees. And one of the biggest challenges and biggest transitions I've had to go through and still going through, by the way, is, you know, letting people do it their way. And their way is okay. Yes, that's right. So, would agree. So, the big thing also that I would add, and we can have a whole podcast on this topic, is that accountability. The biggest mistake I see business owners make, and I've made the mistake myself as well, is I'll give you an example. In one of our businesses, one of the ways that we primarily delegate to our general manager who 
runs the day-to-day operations is we have a weekly team call. And on that call, we will delegate tasks to her. It might be a simple thing. It might be make this phone call. It might be take care of this thing that's broken. It might be talk to this employee. It might be deploy this new procedure, whatever it might be. Here is the critical thing. You must instill within your environment that there is accountability for getting that done. You must instill and create an environment that when you delegate something to someone, they own it and it doesn't just go away or I forgot or I didn't have time. People have to be held accountable to following through. Do not surprise me and tell me the next time I ask you about it, oh, you know, I never got to that. No, that's not acceptable. And you keep instilling that in your culture, and people come to know that on the next call or the next meeting, I better darn well have made some progress on that task or have a very good valid reason why it's been delayed or why I need help or whatever it might be. But never I forgot or I didn't write it down or I didn't get to it. That's not acceptable. And you have to instill that and that has to be consistently part of your process. Yeah, and you've done such a great job of that. And that's where Henry has taught me a lot because I'm, again, I'm not a follow-through guy. I don't write things down. But, um, you know, Henry has instilled that culture in our business that we own together. And uh, you, it's it's amazing that people don't even think about it now. They know that if they're given a task this week, we're going to talk about that task next, next week, and uh, it's not going to be forgotten. I think my employees in my business sort of count on me forgetting uh, that I've asked them to do things. But I've, with Henry's coaching, I've sort of fixed that. I've, I now keep a list, so I, I'm very becoming more detailed and keeping track of action items, uh, writing down action items, writing down to-dos, the follow-ups. And then at the end of our meeting, I review that with them. So here's what we're going to be expecting in two weeks. And we review that. The person that's responsible knows they're responsible for that. And they know now, I believe, I hope, that uh, we're going to talk about it again when we get back together in a week. Absolutely. I I think that's another podcast topic, team meetings. (laughs) So more and more to talk about. But let's let's, uh, wrap this up, Dave, if you want to summarize what we've talked about. And then I'd like you to move to uh, an action item that we can challenge our listeners with. Okay. So, you know, we talked about delegation, why you should delegate, why people or business owners are reluctant to delegate, uh, how to identify what types of tasks you should delegate, and then talk about some practical ways. So here's kind of a process you can go through to uh, to delegate to employees. Why, why the importance of, I really do believe the importance of a, a delegation document. And then talk about some tips as far as, you know, here's Here's some do's and don'ts that you want to do in your delegation process. But if you're not a delegator, I really encourage you to try it. You know, try the worksheet. I think it's going to be very helpful for you. Um, but I would say in closing, you know, if we had to give you some some action items, I would say the first thing I want you to do is sit down and think about what are some tasks that you do today that you think you can effectively delegate to something that would make a big impact. So getting this off your plate would make a big impact, give you freedom, give you emotional freedom, give you time freedom, and go find somebody, go find a hero who would like to go do that. Uh, develop a, a delegation task plan and start developing or changing the culture within your organization to empower your employees. And I think you're going to find uh, life being much better for you and life being much better for your employees. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The How of Car Washing. And thanks to our show sponsor, High Performance Wash Systems. 
please visit us at thehowofcarwashing.com for the show notes to this episode. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.